Welcome to Around the Keg, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer, presented by Anchor FM. We finally have a national champion after a thrilling 2021 season. This episode, the guys break down the results of the matchup between Alabama and Georgia, as well as some picks and predictions for the NFL playoffs. If you've been enjoying our episodes this season, please drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. And if you would like to help support future episodes, please click the support link in the description of this episode, or you can check out our merch store at aroundthekeg.com. We always love to see our listeners repping the brand. Now let's get into the show. On today's episode, we have Wit, Lando, Matt, and myself, Keys. How are we doing today, boys? Doing pretty good, guys. I am exhausted. Exhausted. I told the guys today, I literally just woke up from a nap. Uh, I, I laid down, tried to get a 20-minute nap before I got over here. Ended up sleeping for two hours. I'm on that post-nap drowsy spell right now. Uh, lastly, completely kicked my butt. I was in Indianapolis Monday and Tuesday for the national championship. Actually, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for the national championship. And Nashville the day before that. I came home, worked two days. I had a buddy move in with me on Wednesday. So ended up staying up till 2 a.m. with him Wednesday night. Thursday, turn around. You know, he's, his girlfriend comes in. We're hanging out, doing other stuff, staying up late again. And then Friday, turn around, go to Knoxville for a wedding. So just got back yesterday, uh, went back to work today, kind of trying to get settled into the routine of being down here in Atlanta, and it is kicking my balls. Yeah, last week had to be a very tough week for you to uh, recoup after partying all night Monday and probably well, well into Tuesday, probably afternoon before you finally went to sleep. Uh, no, I just went to sleep. Today, this is the first time I've slept in the past week. I've been drunk for an hour for about a week straight. Um, you know, it's it's been pretty wild. You know, Georgia's finally the national champions. I'll go ahead and address it. I know we haven't brought it up yet, but I know everybody knows it. We've posted about it. Uh, I was there for the game in Indianapolis. They literally had to kick me out of Lucas Oil Stadium. Otherwise, I would still be there today, probably not sleeping. Um, it's been an unbelievable week. This has been probably the greatest year of my life when it comes to sports. Uh, rest of my life sucks, but it's okay because Georgia's national champions, Braves are World Series champions, and the Falcons are nowhere near a Super Bowl. So, all right, Wood. So before we talk about the game, let's go ahead and uh, tell us about your entire experience down in Indianapolis from the time you got there until the time they kicked you out, and to the time you got back here. What was it like? All right. So we drove up from Nashville on Sunday. We stayed in Nashville Saturday night. Had a couple Guinnesses with my boy, Eddie. Uh, stayed there. He's got a good little house over there in South Nashville. Uh, probably got in around maybe 2, 3 o'clock or so. Checked into the hotel. We were in Fishers, Indiana, which is about 20 minutes outside of Indianapolis. Um, and so we went over there. We... Got all our stuff together. There were some NFL games on. I can't remember who was playing at the time. I think it, was, I think it might have been the Rams-Niners uh, game was going on. It was one of the closer games from last or two weeks ago. And uh, so we were hanging out there. We went to a bar in Fishers for a little bit. That was like literally walking distance from the hotel. Hung out, met up with two of my friends who were there, two Georgia fans that were there for the game as well. Saw a bunch of other Georgia fans there, you know, hung out with them for a little bit. Had a little bit to drink, not too much. You know, we wanted to save it, didn't want to be too hungover. Uh, the next day, we knew we were going to tailgate and do a bunch of other stuff. So we drove down to Indianapolis. Uh, we didn't go out, didn't go to any bars or anything. Me and my buddy Patrick literally just drove to Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, we drove around all the fan experience, and we parked 
And we wanted to see how it felt, just like weather-wise, how it felt near the stadium. Got out for a full minute and literally had to get back inside the truck within that minute because it was so dang cold. Let me tell you all, I've never been in temperatures under 20 degrees ever. I think 22 degrees is probably the coldest I've ever been around. I don't, I don't get out of the South, man. I grew up in the South. I moved to Nashville. Nashville got around 22, 23 maybe when I was there, and that's the coldest I've ever been in ever. So I um, I was freezing. It was 15 degrees. Uh, later on that night, it got on to about 12 degrees with a good old wind chill, knocking it down to about 5 or 4. Um, it was miserable. I mean, terrible. We actually had to go. The first thing we did the next morning is we went to Belk, actually. We went to Belk. And we bought a bunch of really warm clothes, and thank the good Lord we did that because if we didn't do that, we would be we would have been dying all day. Uh, all day Saturday was a battle. I felt like I was in survival mode for the entire day. I didn't even think about the game besides doing all the fan stuff. Like I wasn't nervous about the game at all. I wasn't thinking about matchups or anything. Just trying to stay warm literally the entire day up until about two hours before the game, and my nerves killed me i mean i went from like not even thinking about it to like holy crap i just came up here to this 15 degree temperature doing all this stuff spending all this money and georgia's gonna go get waxed by alabama i already know exactly what's about to happen today but uh now we went to the game we were the first ones in the stadium they opened at five o'clock um we were already sitting at the gate ready to go went in there we were about as high up as you could possibly get on the alabama sideline uh luckily that one section was filled with georgia fans so i was pretty happy about that uh, overspent on tickets big time. Could have gotten our tickets for about $800 less than what we really bought them for. Just terrible, terrible move on my part. But you know what? We sat up there and uh, watched the game. And for the first maybe five minutes, I was pretty much sure that we were going to lose. Stetson Bennett looked like he was terrified to be there. Um, and it was up and down emotions the entire game. My heartbeat, I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack at one point. My heart rate. Uh, on my Apple Watch showed I was getting close to 200 beats per minute, and I was in full-on dress. Like, I was in four layers of clothes, standing in the top deck. Didn't even realize how hot it was because I was not thinking about anything but what was going on in the field. And I literally almost passed out. I had to sit down for a little bit because I got really dizzy. So I ripped off all my clothes. I was wearing a World Series champion Brave shirt for luck. Um, and I honestly think that's the only reason Georgia ended up winning that game. So I'm, I'm glad I wore it. Um, I'm glad I was there. I liked that picture that you posted with yeah. the World Series shirt. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, our fans, mostly my fans, have probably seen that picture I posted, the gray World Series shirt. I honestly didn't even have a lot of Georgia stuff on because I don't have a lot of Georgia warm stuff. I just have, like, T-shirts and stuff. I had one Georgia hoodie that was too small that I got four years ago, and I wore it just to have one Georgia thing on. I had a Georgia beanie, but unbelievable experience. Um, after the game, got to around, like, 2 a.m. We were still in the stadium. And a security guard came up to me and said, sir, you need to leave. It is time to go. We are closing down the stadium. Uh, we are going to have to clean up. We're going to have. You were there at 2 a.m.? 2 a.m. Like what how, What time did this, the trophy presentation end? Um, Probably about an hour before that or so. It ended at like 1? Yeah. Oh, yeah they, that's had, what, that they had everything up. They, didn't, they had everything up after the players left. So I was just sitting there. They had all the lights and everything on. And Hannah and Kyle had already left. And um, Patrick was there. He was sitting on me like, dude, come on. Let's, let's just go. And I was like, I will. You had I'll, to pry. I said that. Seat. I said that. I said, I will sit in this stadium until they kick me out. Because, look, Georgia, Georgia may ne- never win a national championship again. And even if they do, I'm probably not going to be there. I mean, I don't like I've. 
it's too much money and too much work that it, unless it's in Atlanta or somewhere close by, I, I'm not going to go again. I have a hotel booked for LA next year, so I might end up doing that. But the, it's like, yeah, it's like a nine hundred dollar trip, just counting, you know, staying. So I'm, I don't know, I don't know if I'd want to do that again. Um, it was the whole week was a battle, but it was a lot of fun being there. Um, I highly recommend it to all of our listeners who are fans of college football. Which, if you listen to our podcast, you should be a, a fan of college football. Lando, Oklahoma's going to win one sometime in our lifetime. I highly they already have be there. Well, in the rest of our lifetime, Oklahoma's not like Georgia. We we're we're pretty consistent. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if they when they get there again, because they will, they're good. Uh, I like Brent Venables. I think he's going to get them there too. Highly recommend you get there, um, Matt. You know, you'll be there next year. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I mean, single handedly the greatest experience of my whole entire life. Um, I went to the Braves World Series game this year too. I wasn't there when they won it, but well, you're rich. Do you know I, that? Well, I got I, you know, I had my ticket paid for for the World Series. Yeah, so. you're rich. Yeah, but doesn't matter. You're you're, you're loaded. All, all these things you're going to just makes me sit over here and, and realize how poor I am. I also spend. Thank you. I also spend sure. like an idiot. That's really the main problem. <laughs> like, not that I, I can't buy I, a ticket, but I shouldn't. Yeah, I yeah. It I, I look at I look at wit going and spending that money, and I was like, man, I as much as I would love to be there, I got two kids to pay for daycare and. Uh, there's no way I could. No Matt, way I could. Uh, if I were make in your situation, work. I probably would have still gone to the Natty, but I would not have spent the money I did on going to the World Series. I probably just would have done what me and Lando did, just as many days as I could that week or that weekend, and just go and sit in the battery because we didn't spend much money at all. Yeah, no, the battery was awesome because yeah. we like eighty bucks. I, I spent like eighty bucks, I think. I think I spent probably like one hundred and eighty or something altogether. But I was, you know, I was pounding them. Yeah, but we also but see. I had given myself a. We also paid ahead, uh, what like like ten dollars to get in. Did we to get yeah. into the bar? Yeah, there's yeah, always the, a cover up there. Yeah, but it, it wasn't it wasn't oh, I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. It was like I would have paid fifty dollars to get in. It was like ten dollars, and we got a seat at the bar. It, it was a good time. I huh. I definitely could. We almost had to pay a thousand dollars. Well, no, we're gonna uh, table minimum. Remember those those uh those two chicks came up to us. This is completely off topic, but <laughs> it, it, it's it's a funny story. Those two chicks came up to us, and they were like, "Yeah, we paid some dude uh like." How much did you say? It was like it was like five hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. She paid she paid some dude in line five hundred dollars for him to give to, to give them their uh, his spot just to get into the bar, and then she also paid a hundred dollars for parking. That's so so stupid. so the entire thing she paid six hundred dollars. Yeah, that was at the battery. That was one of the girls at the bar. We yeah, were at, at, right? yeah, at the yeah, bar yeah, we yeah, said yeah. that. And yeah. then I looked at her and I I, I laughed in her face because I was like, I spent ten dollars to get in here and we parked for free. <laughs> <laughs> we paid for an Uber yeah. too. We did pay for an Uber there and back. Yeah, we did from, pay for an Uber, but like I mean, a mile away. Though. Yeah, come yeah. on, you know. But but back on the back onto the topic. Back on the topic. So, Wit, I want to be the first to congratulate you because there are exactly three Georgia fans that I can think of that I'm actually happy for. You, my best friend Drew, and his brother Harrison, uh, who are listeners to the show. Those, like, outside of that, and Matt then doesn't Keys, like me very of course. Much. <laughs> no, 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 Keys. I don't consider I, Keys I, a Georgia. Keys, I consider I, him more of a Georgia I'm, Southern I'm fan. I'm a lifelong Georgia fan, but I probably have gone to Georgia Southern, and I still love Georgia, but I think I, I, I'm not as an avid of a fan as I am what I call obsessed. My parents, my, my yeah. mom called me after the game, and she was screaming. She was so excited. The neighbors were calling to check on her. Uh, I, I was really, I was more content. I was like, oh, wow, my entire life, 
I've been a Georgia fan. They finally won. I'm just, I'm happy. I'm content. I'm not going to like bounce off the walls, but it, it was a good feeling to, to see him finally win. I, I mean, I've been going to games since I was a baby. So, I, I mean, I've been there for it. I, I'm not, uh, yeah, I guess I just don't, I don't love you into the category of obsessed with Georgia football. And like, I'm not a radical. Like the other, the, like the other three, they are obsessed with Georgia football. Wit, um, and and I'm genuinely happy for for those those people. Uh, everybody else, good for you. Who cares? Um, but no, it was it was an awesome. It was a good game. Like I was glad that it was a good game. It wasn't one sided. It they're like really. It was it was still up in the air with a minute left, and until the the Bryce Young desperation throw pick six, it was it was still you know a touchdown and a two point conversion, and there's OT, and I feel like everybody kind of felt that on the Alabama side, it was like, hey, this is Georgia, we've done this before, we've come back, we've scored, we've tied it up, we've gone to OT, and then there was the Georgia side where they were like, oh God, we've seen this before, they've tied it up, they've gone to OT, that was <laughs> so, me. so it was teed up. It was teed up perfectly for the emotional side for for both sides, and then you know after the pick six, I was like, you know, I I wanted to see Saban's reaction with Kirby afterwards, which was at like completely and totally worth it. And then like you know the the from the Alabama perspective, I like I have been hurt when we lost national championships, like the 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 Clemson one in the 2016 season 17 they played the Natty whenever Deshaun beat us and that one hurt that one was one that i laid in bed awake for for 3 hours just saying why god why um and then when we got beat down by Clemson that one hurt this one it it stung to lose but it didn't hurt in the same way like it it was like ah oh, it sucks that we lost but I didn't feel that same like like I went to sleep and woke up and everything was fine. I was bummed, but not in the same way that I have been in the past. And I think it was just because like it was really a down year for Alabama. And if you look at every game throughout the season, if you would have told me that we would be down our number two receiver going into the game, down lose our number one in the game like yeah we and, and with a first year starting quarterback all the first rounders we lost last year on offense a lot of youth in the defense too that that had to play and we, we just had a lot of inexperience and I said it all year that we had a lot of inexperience so just to watch it happen to make it as far as we did in a down year it's a bittersweet feeling, and obviously it sucks that we didn't finish the job because it'd be much more fun to brag about, oh, in a down year, we still won. But to play as well as we did year in and year out and really be the only competitive team against Georgia all year long in a down year, that says a lot about the team that Saban has and to see a new side of Saban's coaching style because he wasn't the same grumpy old man we we only won by 21 and he changed and molded himself to be a guy that could lead a team like this that was young and experienced and didn't have you know the the same depth and very happy for as far as we made it but congrats wit uh rub it in everybody's face as much as you want you have earned it through 25 years of enduring 1980 jokes i liked what you said last week our, our last episode about the down year, you're like, yeah, down year, but uh, Heisman, uh, SEC championship, and runner up. So it's not too much of a down year for Alabama. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, when you talk about a down year and you you add those three things together, you're like, that's a down year. 
Yeah, actually, I'll it take is. It. it is a down year. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'll say one thing about the national championship. Um, I had no team in the game. Obviously, I'm an Oklahoma. I'm an Oklahoma fan, but. That game from start to finish was more exciting than any playoff NFL game that we've seen so far this year. And it was just compelling the entire game. You know, Mechie not playing. Uh, it was, we're going to see how Alabama played with the receivers they had. Once Jamison Williams got hurt, I, 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 I told myself that's a turning point in the game. And Georgia has all the, all the momentum. And this game is completely, completely different because now Bryce Young has to basically put the team on his back and do everything with receivers who he has no chemistry with. And, and it showed. It really showed. Because Bryce Young, I'm not going to lie, this was the first game I saw him play all year where he honestly played lights out and the receivers just didn't help him out. There were several balls that he had put in. I mean, you, you he couldn't have walked up there and handed the receiver the ball, the ball better himself. And they were just straight up dropped. And if those balls were caught, those, those would have been game changers. I'm not making excuses. For, like I said, I, I'm not an Alabama fan. Georgia definitely won that game. But I think that not having those receivers really aided to the fact that Alabama lost and props to Bryce Young for playing as well as he did. Honestly, he like, he, he played like the Heisman trophy winner that, you know, that I honestly, I didn't think he really, I'm not going to say deserved. I, I can't really find a different word for that. Cause you know, there really wasn't another player this year that stood out other than Bryce Young. Let's just say so he played really well. See, Wendell Bryce Young to me is exactly what Alabama was this year. It's not it's not the best Heisman Trophy season we've ever seen by anybody, yeah. but there was nobody better than Bryce Young this yeah, year. Bryce Young, Bryce Young deserved. He was the best player this year. Alabama was the same way. This wasn't an Alabama team we've seen from the past. This was a down year for Alabama, hundred percent. They were by far the second best team in the country. I don't think you could say there's another team in the whole country that on more than on a one night basis, like how LSU did or you know A and M beating them this year. You were going to see people beat that Alabama football team besides Georgia. Georgia was the only team I think was better than Alabama this year. And I came out of that game saying that too. And I think the only difference between Bryce Young and that SEC championship game and in the national championship game, besides not having John Medgie for the first half or first quarter and a half or whatever he had for SEC championship and then losing Jameson Williams around that same time in the national championship, is that he got pressured and we didn't let him get out of the pocket like we did in the SEC championship. But even still, even with pressure, even with him running backwards, throwing the ball off his back foot, he was putting balls right on the money to some of these receivers. And I noticed it, too. Even up in the 600 level in Lucas Oil Stadium, I could see it. I was like, these guys are getting hit in the hands or it's going in a playable position for that guy to make a play on the ball. And these guys are just inexperienced, really talented receivers that have not gotten to a point in their careers where they can make those plays or they feel confident in themselves enough to make those plays like John Mechie and Jameson Williams did. I don't think Alabama fans should be making excuses. I don't think they are. I haven't really heard anybody say, like, Georgia didn't deserve it, but uh, injuries. I haven't heard that from anybody. Um, all the, I had two, Alabamas, two Alabama fans ride back with me. I didn't hear excuses from them the whole time. Uh, they just kept talking about different ways that Brian, Bill O'Brien should have uh, called the game and um, they talked about how well Georgia's defense played, and, I mean, that was pretty much it. Yeah, and I, I want to touch on that. I think – I'm sorry, Matt. I'll, I'll say this point, and I'll let you go ahead and take it away because you, you, you analyzed this better than I did. I just want to sum up what I saw. But I think, A, after Stetson Bennett got his nerves in check, and uh, what uh, Jeff Monken is the offense coordinator, right? Todd Monken. Todd Monken. Jeff Monken, Todd Monken. Mm-hmm. Once the offense coordinator for Georgia finally let Stetson – Open it up and and kind of kind of took took his took his leash off. 
Stetson really actually played very well. Like he he did what I thought he would do uh, on our show, but we did before the national championship. He played really well and he made big time throws. And that one throw he had, that was like I don't know, sixty seven yards on the field to um to Pickens. That was awesome. That was a game changing play. That was a great throw. And and after that, like he played lights out. So I want to give credit to Stetson Bennett because he he shut up all the haters who said. The entire year. Oh, we need to put JT in. Blah, 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 blah. He shut all those people up. Even the people who who didn't believe in him going into the national championship, he shut those people up. So congratulations to you, Stetson Bennett. I was happy Georgia won just because I wanted to see Stetson Bennett shut all those people up and prove people wrong. So good job to you, Stetson Bennett. And also, Bill O'Brien, I think, is another reason why Alabama lost this game because there was there were some play calls to me that were just questionable and like some things were working for Alabama, and he chose to go away from them. And I, I didn't understand why. I think if he would have stuck with with the game plan a little bit longer and 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 let the run game kind of get there. I know Georgia's defense kind of snuffed out that run game towards the second half, but if he would have held on to it just a little longer, I think Alabama would have had a better chance. But, you know, I, still still a great game. So here's my, here's my thing. I'll, I'll, uh, there were two points, one being there are three plays, in my opinion, that completely changed – the game from an Alabama standpoint. Uh, one being the Cameron Latu drop touchdown in the end zone. There was a blown coverage. Bryce Young put it in a good spot. It hit him in the hands. He pulls it down. I think he heard the footsteps and thought he was going to get blown up, but didn't realize that the Kobe Dean was actually in front of him and wasn't going to be able to make the play on him. So if he catches that ball, that changes a lot because that turns three into seven. Uh, play number two is Ajayi Hall comes into the game, true freshman, and it's one of the drops that that really killed the game because he throws it, and I mean it hit him. It could not have hit him in a more perfect spot right in the hands. He just kind of alligator-armed it. It got on him quicker or did more different than he, I guess he thought it was going to. This was on a third down conversion. He drops it, and then there's the blocked field goal right afterwards. Uh, that was That was a major swing and then uh first drive of the game Alabama's offense was executing perfectly and Jaleel Billingsley just falls coming out of his break and Bryce Young put a ball that would have been easily inside the 10 yard line and instead Alabama settles for a long field goal Uh, there's no telling if they score a touchdown on that drive or not but when you have an opportunity to convert a third down easily like that and then it doesn't happen and you've got Georgia defense kind of playing on their heels, and in everyone's mind, you're kind of going, oh, no, not again. Like Alabama's just picking right down the field. That changes the game uh, a lot. So those are the three plays that I kind of, in my mind, mentally, right after the game was over, was like, if we have those three opportunities back, I think things change, even with Jamison Williams going down. Um, And then the point about Bill O'Brien. So there were three times inside the 10-yard line that Alabama threw the ball, I think, all but once or twice. And I understand when you look at it on paper, you're like, okay, Georgia's defense has only given up like three rushing touchdowns all season long. But to me, Brian Robinson had a really good game that game. Uh, He was was running hard. He was creating plays. And there was a play, it was, uh, I think it was later in the game, I don't remember exactly when. We ended up settling for a field goal. But we get the it was first and goal from the six. 
Bill O'Brien runs it on first down, and Brian Robinson gets to the three. And then he goes pass, pass, field goal. And it's like, okay, if you got three yards rushing on one play, you're telling me that if I give you three more plays, you can't get one yard each play? Second down, third down, go for it on fourth down from the one. You can't get one yard on three plays by running the ball with Brian Robinson, especially, I mean, Alabama's left side of the line played really well all night too. And you could see that he was, that Bill O'Brien did try to revert back to that initial game plan by hitting those screens and dishing out quick passes early. But when you don't have the athletes, I mean, they, they're really athletic, but they're not polished athletes like Jamison Williams. When you don't have that experience athletically out wide on the perimeter, you do lose a little bit of ability to do that. Like Ja'Cory Brooks, I think, is going to be a really fine, good receiver for Alabama, and especially next year. But he's not Jamison Williams right now. Ajayi Hall, I think that he athletically is gifted enough to be as good as Jerry Judy and, and guys like that. But making key plays and just catching the ball is important. Uh, then there was, I didn't even mention this in the key plays, the third down or second down right before the interception to Keely Ringo. Bryce Young threw a ball that really could have been caught if Ja'Cory Brooks, I think he got turned around a little bit, but he sticks one arm out and it hits him right in the forearm. But you can't catch with one arm and his other arm was free. Like use two hands to catch the football, man. And that would have put Alabama on the 10 with around a minute left. And, you know, I, I got to give Stetson Bennett props. Those are just things that I think that they're not excuses. They're plays that change the game in Georgia's favor. Um, and, and, you know, James injuries are part of the game. Any Alabama fan that is using that as an excuse, please stop. But, you know, it was a heck of a game. It really was. I was very impressed with with the way that Alabama played because it really could have gone the other way where once Jamison Williams went down, Alabama could have kind of laid down and been like, oh, we just didn't have the dudes and the firepower. But they fought. They fought till the end, and I was really proud for what I saw. And congrats to Stetson Bennett. He made some key throws. That throw that he made to A.D. Mitchell, that touchdown bomb. Legendary. It, I think – it was it was legendary, and and I think some of it for the reason that Todd Munkin finally flipped was like, hey, Alabama has their sixth string corner guy out there, sixth string. He's out there and he's got one game of experience, and that was in the Cincinnati game. Let's attack him, and they attacked him that entire drive, three plays in a row. They attacked him. He had the the pass interference on a play before that that helped that would have been a touchdown because he blew a coverage, and then. The, the touchdown pass to A.D. Mitchell. So I think that the game plan for Georgia worked well late when they started attacking some of Alabama's unexperienced corners. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into our pour one out, cut one off segment. Before we do, we want everyone to know that this episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Dr. Squatch is changing the way men approach hygiene by providing all-natural, high-quality, healthy products such as bar soaps, hair care, colognes, beard oils, and more. Dr. Squatch makes you feel like a man and smell like a champion. All their products are made right here in the U.S. using the finest all-natural ingredients and not cheaply made or harmfully mass-produced. Save 20% off your first subscription purchase with code DSCSQUATCH20. All right, boys, let's get into the pour one out, cut one off. All right, so this week I am pouring one out for baseball season. It's officially baseball season now that... Uh, college football is over. I will obviously watch the NFL and the Super Bowl, but pitchers and catchers report in less than a month. 
uh, we have exactly 28 days until uh, pitchers and catchers report. So uh, to me, that's baseball season plus high school season started today um, all across the state of Georgia. Really excited to get this year going. Uh, we're back to it and uh, ready to compete and Watch some baseball again. College baseball starting in about a month, so going to be an exciting time to be a baseball fan. I will be doing some college baseball stuff this year for y'all because I enjoy it and more of you need to. Uh, this week, I'm cutting off Twitter because Twitter is a toxic, toxic place where people who know nothing about sports go to argue about sports. And you're seeing some opinions from every radical extremist point of view that are just so weird and wrong. All of the folks in the backwoods in the middle of Alabama are crawling out to get on Twitter and talk about the national championship. Same thing down in Georgia. There are people who are crawling out of their shanties to, to talk on Twitter about the national championship. Um, it, it's, it's really annoying. And they talk about other things with college football, and they just they don't know what they're talking about. So I, I, I've try, I'm trying to stay away from Twitter a little bit because it's it's just a toxic place. So this week I'm cutting off Twitter because it, it's awful. But at the same time, we love it. Lando. All right, so this week I am pouring one out for Hideki Matsuyama, who overcame a five-shot back nine under deficit yesterday in the Sony Open in, in Hawaii. He hit one of the most ridiculous three wood shots I have ever seen in my entire life to beat uh, Russell Henley in a playoff. Uh, he hit the three wood like 270 to get within under three feet of the cup to make Eagle to win the, the playoff. And it, it like when he hit the shot, he immediately turned away and covered his eyes because the sun was directly in his face and he couldn't see where the, where the ball went. And all he heard were, was the fans going absolutely wild because the ball was like with less than three feet away from the cup. So congrats to Hideki Matsuyama. That was a ridiculous three-wood. Hopefully I can hit mine the same way tomorrow when I play at 11 o'clock. At 11 o'clock. Good job letting everybody know what time you're playing tomorrow. Everybody go watch Lando on the course. Yeah, hashtag Lando is playing golf. We're going to get that don't do that because it'll time. make me nervous and I'll probably hit you in the head with the ball. So don't do that. He probably will. I won't lie. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I know I suck, but I don't suck that bad. No, no. Lando's a good golfer. Lando's a good golfer. Uh, but I'm going to pour one out for, I got two this week. I have two. They're Georgia-related, of course. Of course. Um, I have Stetson Bennett, starting quarterback, uh, former walk-on. Grew up a huge Georgia fan. Uh, grew up dreaming of playing for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, I think it was his dream just to walk on and play for Georgia at all. I mean, he was scout team quarterback when Georgia played in the Rose Bowl. Um, he was the scout team Baker Mayfield. Um, and obviously, he, he did a pretty good job, even though Baker tore Georgia up in the first half. Um, Stetson, incredible dude. I mean, we have a buddy of ours that's good friends with him too, and um, he has nothing good to say, nothing good, nothing bad to say about him. Yeah, nothing good. About to say nothing yeah, good to say about him. Oh, oh no, of, he's a piece <laughs> of crap. Apparently, no, he's a good dude. Um, he actually was out at Canes uh, in Athens today. Uh, actually, it was a couple of days ago, taking orders for people, uh, shaking some hands, you know, kissing some babies, doing the old national champion kind of deal. Um. It's awesome to see what he's done. I mean, all season long, I'll cut myself off too. All season long, I was calling for JT up until probably about the Kentucky game. And then after my first watch of the SEC championship, I was kind of calling for his head again um, up until I actually sat down and rewatched it and realized, you know, it really wasn't Setson Bennett's fault. There's a lot of other things that went wrong there. Um, but Setson Bennett proved a lot of people wrong, definitely proved me wrong um, after the 2020 season, at least just cause I thought there was no chance in the world sets in Bennett, whatever be the quarterback to lead 
Georgia to a national championship, and he he did. You know what's crazy is we actually had an episode where we had a question about can Stetson Bennett lead them to a national championship, and I'm pretty sure we said no. I'd have to check back. I'm pretty sure I said yes. I was going to say I'll give. We said he could they could win, but it wouldn't be his. Matt and Lando all season had said that uh, Stetson was a better quarterback over JT. So it was just you then. It was just me, and <laughs> and and I'm totally okay with that too. Because, I, I mean, I still think JT's the better passer. I mean, we obviously we haven't seen him throw a ball since week four. but And now he's transferring, so we won't see him throw a ball um, with, with Georgia anyway. So it's really hard when you look at it from a – when you're a fan. Yes. When you know the talent and upside that you have behind a guy like Stetson Bennett. Like, but Stetson had the one element that – and the reason that I said that I thought that they, he would be okay, that they actually could, was because he actually uses his legs, and JT can't. JT's not a mobile guy. He's more of a pocket passer. He's going to drop back, and that's his thing. Stetson offered that extra element. Yeah, and I, I said that as well, and I also added in that just the the feel and the relationship he had with the receivers playing the more games – was a was a big help. Like if JT would have came in, he he wouldn't have had that relationship with the receivers to to make you know passes to to win a game. So yeah, and I'll say this too. Um, even though I think JT has a better arm, Stetson won football games with his arm this year. And the reason I was saying that Stetson might not be that good, it might have just been like a just something that was going on at the beginning of the season. Was because you look at the games he played early on, UAB like. I could have gone in there and tore up UAB. Mm. Auburn, you know, we were like Auburn looked pretty good to start the year. We were like, yeah, he had a couple really good throws in there. It's like, you know, whatever. JT probably could have done the same thing. That's why it wasn't until Kentucky. When I was there in person watching him play, he had a really bad throw in the first quarter, like the first play of the game. And then after that, I mean, he ran that offense to a T. The whole rest of the season, he did nothing but good things. He had a couple bad throws here and there. I mean, he wasn't perfect. He's not a Heisman winning quarterback. He, he would never win the Heisman. Um, but I think even now, I mean, people are still doubting him. I mean, Georgia fans don't want him to come back for a second year. Nobody thinks he has any type of NFL career ahead of him. Um, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm not doubting him anymore. I think if he comes back, he will help Georgia next season, um, especially because of the youth we have at quarterback. Um, and I think if he even tries to go to the NFL, I think that he absolutely has a chance to at least take a walk-on position um, or get an uh, undrafted free agent and, make a team at least and, you know, make a push just the same way he did at Georgia. So, but we're not for him, man. I mean, he really stepped up. It's unbelievable what he did this season. Uh, we will definitely see a movie about Stetson Bennett down the road. Uh, and I will also be pouring one out for my head coach, Kirby Smart. That dude finally got the monkey off his back. He got the national championship. He got the win over Nick Saban after, I think that was the fifth time they played. Um, I mean, it, I mean, the mental hurdle that it takes to get over something like that when you're 0-4, you had those really, really close, heartbreaking games like you did in the national championship in 2018. You have the – or, yeah, 2017, 2018 season. And then the next season turning around, being up two scores in the SEC championship, probably playing the best game we played against Alabama up until this national championship. Um, Even with Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm threw for over 300 yards in that game and still not able to get it done uh, once Jalen Hurts came in. And then what happened in 2020, what happened this year in the SEC Championship. Honestly, I was getting to a point thinking Kirby just might not ever be able to do it. And he did it. Um, Matt was right. He, he said, both of y'all were right. Y'all both said, it's tough to beat a good team twice. Um, there's a lot of other factors that went into that. 
Georgia had a really good defense. Um, I'm proud to say I think this is the best defense I've ever seen from a Georgia football team, and it's at least a top-five defense I've ever seen from a uh, national championship winning team. Alabama had a couple of really good ones early on um, in my football watching days that I will not discredit. But pouring one out for Kirby Smart, that dude deserves that trophy. And I'm cutting off cold weather, mostly up in the Midwest, Indianapolis. I don't know how y'all crazy people live there. It is terrible. I could not be outside with any open skin or else I was going to be in pain. So I, cold weather, you suck. I like the South. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Grandma Hester's a lot tougher than you are because she lives up in up in mid Missouri, up in up in the up yeah, in Midwest. She's used to it though. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. She's used to it. I, like if I live there, cold I up there, son. Okay. It's cold. But I, I I've become a wuss when it comes to cold weather though. I've even noticed that this week with like the 30 degree weather, being outside and stuff like for work. Oh my gosh, I'm miserable. Did you notice a lot of cars like like on the sides, kind of underneath? They yep. had kind of rust. Uh-huh. It's called what my dad calls cancer. Because <laughs> the the car sit outside in in, in, the, in the brutal weather all all year um it just rust out so yeah. cold weather sucks that's hilarious well keys who are you pouring one out for man all right so I'm pouring one out for sports fans in Georgia we got the Braves World Series national championship for Georgia and even the Falcons going seven and ten was kind of a pleasant surprise for what that team was supposed to be they were supposed to be just absolutely garbage and they turned out to just be mediocre garbage so we'll throw that one in there too. And then for my cut one off, I have a little bit of a spiel for this one, and I kind of want to hear what you guys want think about it afterwards. So I'm cutting off the expanded playoff talk. Uh, unless college football reaches a point similar to the NFL where the majority of teams are of similar caliber to each other and are all losing multiple games, you just can't justify an expanded playoff. This season you had just one undefeated team going to the playoffs, and that team was waxed by Alabama. Uh, the rest of the teams all had a loss, and – one of those teams, Michigan, just got waxed as well. So I think nobody would argue that the national championship was a disappointing matchup or an undeserving matchup. Uh, and I didn't think bowl season disappointed this year either. Uh, other than the COVID cancellations, which we could all agree sucked, uh, I don't know a football fan in the world right now who would argue against the legitimacy of the championship matchup between Georgia and Alabama. You can argue conference bias all you want, but you can't take away from the fact that they both beat the crap out of the teams they face in the semifinals. Yeah, I'm just going to say this one thing about college football expansion. Even if they decide to expand the college football playoff, you're not going to sit here and tell me to my face with a straight face that Alabama and Georgia wouldn't have been a national championship anyway. Those are clearly the two best teams, and in college football, the disparity from teams one through five is is so vastly great. There's such a big drop-off once you get past the, the sixth best team in the country that – Expanding the playoff is just going to mean more games, which these players don't want. Actually, as a matter of fact, players from uh, University of Clemson were polled, and I think it was, I forget the actual percentage of them. It was in the 90s. A lot of them said they don't want expansion because they don't want to play more games. So all this talk about expanding the playoff is just because the people who make the money off of it, networks and people who run college football, they're the only ones that want the expansion. Everyone else doesn't want it. And well, at the end of the day, it's just going to be the same two teams in the playoff, the same teams like Alabama, Georgia, when Clemson gets back up there, which they will, Oklahoma, Texas sometime. It's, it's going to be the same team, so it, it, it doesn't matter whether they explain it or not. See, my biggest problem with it is the people that want the expansion are arguing that it would bring more 
different teams in the national championship. Uh, parody is the word. They would bring more parody. If you look right now and go backwards and look at the last, what is it, seven or eight years of the playoff, if they just had the BCS, that would have had parody right there. We would have had yeah. Oregon-Florida State as a national championship. We would have had Oklahoma-Clemson as a national championship in 2017 when Alabama and Georgia played for it. We would have had – this year it would have been Alabama and Michigan. So, like, what? all we're going to do, honestly, is we're just going to add more – teams with two and three losses who are going to have a better chance to win because they play in better conferences and they're better teams, but they're losing to the teams that actually deserve to be in the playoff, but now they're getting a second chance to play those teams because they already lost to them. And as we've talked about before, it's hard to beat a team twice. So It's, it's like the definition of, in, of insanity. You don't need more games to repeat the same result at the end of the year. It's, it's going to be the same team. So if you play another round or two, you're still going to end up with these same teams. There's no way like a three-loss team this year would have beaten Georgia. All of this is just, one, people want to make more money, and two, they're they're overthinking it. So just stop trying to overthink it and stop trying to be greedy. I'll say this. The the, the college football people that are like, oh, yeah, we we need a new expanded playoff. I watched. I haven't. Obviously, the sixth playoff game has not happened tonight. Uh, for the NFL, but the first five, none of them were really that compelling. I mean, the the Raiders Bengals was close. Uh, the Raiders had a chance there at the end. Uh, the Cowboys played god awful for an entire three and a half quarters, and then were trying to make a miraculous comeback, and they still lost. Every other game was a blowout. Three blowouts, two somewhat good fun games. But you look at college football, and if you were one of the four of us, and I think there's a lot more people that are like us, especially that listen to our show. When you look at the best national championship games ever, they majority were BCS national championships. With a four-team playoff like we already have, there's been very few compelling, really good games. Like When I think off the top of my head, really good games that were playoff games, non-national championship, Georgia-Oklahoma Rose Bowl, was a really good game, and outside of that, I am really struggling to find one that was good. I'll I'll help you out, Matt. So, Ohio State Alabama, the first season that was a really good game. I felt like Alabama. A, I mean, it was a, Alabama or uh, Ohio State controlled that game. I know for an Alabama fan, that probably wasn't a great game for you because that was a very disappointing loss. Um, but that was a great game. That was the best one I've seen. I think up until the. Um, the Georgia Oklahoma game. Georgia Oklahoma was obviously the best game of the entire playoff so far. I mean, just with the way that game went. Um, Clemson Ohio State in 2019 was a really good game. Um, besides that, the first half of Clemson Oklahoma in what 2016, second year 2015 was really good. Yeah, and then the second and half, that second half was yeah. not very good. Um, it's the same with Oregon Florida State. That game started off really good, and then that was a beatdown. But every single game in the playoff beyond that, I don't think we've had a good game. I mean, it's been complete blowouts. No. But the national championships have been great. Every single one. I think there's maybe been three. Um, Clemson over last Alabama. Year's was a, last year's Clemson was over Alabama. Blowout. Last year, LSU over Clemson. LSU Clemson. Ohio State. LSU Clemson was good for a long period of time. It was long. In, it was good until like middle of the third quarter, and then LSU kind of blew the doors off. And the ending score was a blowout. Um, Oregon, Ohio State, blowout. Was a beatdown. 
Yeah, but besides that, the Alabama-Clemson games, every single one except for 2018 was really good. Um, the first both Georgia-Alabama Georgia games are classics, easily. Yeah. yeah. So I think we've seen better national championships in the playoff than we did in the BCS. I think we had a couple that were really good. Like, obviously, 2000, what was it, 2005 Rose Bowl or 2006 Rose Bowl? Te- te- was te- unbelievable. 2005, Texas-USC. Yeah, unbelievable game. And then we had the 2013 uh, Florida State versus Auburn game, also unbelievable. Auburn-Oregon was really good, too. Um, besides that, you know, there wasn't that many games that were that good. 2008 uh, Oklahoma Florida was was de- was actually pretty pretty good. It was seven seven going into the fourth quarter, and then of course you know Tim Tebow pulled away at the end. That, mm-hmm. And then even even 2009 Texas Alabama when Cole yes. McCoy got hurt, it was yeah. still close. Like it was, Texas had the ball late in the fourth quarter, and people forget this. Texas was down 24 21 with the ball, and then uh, I think it was Marcel Darius. Somebody forced a fumble and it ended up taking it in for a score that made it 31-21. And so it looked worse on paper, but that was a really good game. And like early in the game, Texas was moving the ball, and then the McCoy injury kind of changed the tempo of it. The whole reason that they even changed it and went to the playoff was because you had teams like Boise that would go undefeated and then end up in a Fiesta Bowl and be like, oh, we got slighted. We didn't even have a chance. Then you would have, you know, you had the, the LSU Alabama year where they ended up both being in the championship was the reason that they really did away. They were like, it's not fair. Two teams from the same conference got in there. That happened one time in the BCS area era, and it's already happened twice in the playoff. And it's going to continue happening. If you expand the playoffs to 12 teams, your final four is going to be three or four, three out of the four teams from the SEC. They play a tougher schedule. They get the best talent. And it's, it, it Trying to be anti-SEC by giving more people an opportunity is just going to strengthen the SEC. And that's only going to get worse once Texas and Oklahoma join because in the past 21 years, there have only been two Big 12 teams to win a national championship, and that's Texas and Oklahoma. So that's only going to get worse. Yeah, and that is honestly the main reason I'm against expansion anyway. And obviously, like I'm an SEC fan. As a Georgia fan, it's better for the University of Georgia, University of Alabama, and University of Oklahoma, once they jump to the SEC, to have an expansion because our teams are going to be in there every single year. Literally every single year, Oklahoma, Alabama, and Georgia will be in a 12 The SEC is going to be in there every year. It's going, to be, it? it's going to be at least, Matt's right, it's going to be at least three to four teams from the SEC every single year. And I will guarantee you a team from the SEC will win the national championship every single year. And on the top of, uh, of Oklahoma, with – the people we're getting from the portal with Brent Venables, I'm just going to say that this team is going to be tough <laughs> within the next couple of years because in the past couple of years with the portal, you've only seen Oklahoma getting players that have been offensive players. This is completely different. We've only gotten like one offensive player, and that's that's Dylan Great Gabriel, and everybody else has either been a defensive back, a linebacker, or somebody of that nature. Like This, this Oklahoma team is going to be so vastly different something that we've been missing in the past several years. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to well, it. And not to mention the coaching change, too. I mean, yeah. you got you bring in a guy like Venables who can look at that defense and figure out what's going on. I mean, there's a reason that y'all haven't been playing good defense recently, and obviously it's because of coaching. Um, and then throw in Jeff Levy to help out with the offense. You already got the players in there. I know some guys transferred, some guys did what, what whatever, decommitted, whatever. You still got good players in there. There's still some really good studs. 
Um, they can run the exact same offense, maybe change it up, run the ball a little bit more. That's probably what I would do. Um, but it's the same with Texas, too. Because Texas is completely overhauling their roster. I mean, they just got Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama. Kind of underachieved at Alabama, but that dude's got tons of talent. They got Quentin Ewers coming in. Uh, probably going to take over as starting quarterback next year. If not, they might be in some trouble because I don't know who the hell is going to start a quarterback for Texas if he's not. But, I mean, if you look at that team, what they've done in the transfer portal, what they've done in recruiting, and the guys that they've pushed out of that program, they're doing some good things to move in the right direction. I'm still on the boat of I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is going to be the right guy or the right leader for the University of Texas to push them where they need to go. But as of now, they are moving in the right direction. And to be frank, I don't really like Texas, but I think college football is more fun when Texas is really good and is pushing for that national championship spot. I hope they don't win one ever, ever again. I don't ever want to say win one after watching and meeting their fans uh, at the Sugar Bowl in 2020. I guess it was 2019, 2020 season. Um, or no, 2018, 2019 season. Um, they suck. But <laughs> but I, it's much more fun to see Texas in it competing. Same with Miami, same with Nebraska, same with USC. So um, it'll be fun to see what those two teams do in the next five years because I think those coaches will still be around. And I think once they get to the SEC, um, it'll be really interesting to see what all they do. College football is better with Texas and Oklahoma being good because that means that you're going to have a top ten game every year on that on their one of their their schedule because they when they play each other. So we've kind of gone all over the place. The main point being that expanding the playoff is not an anti SEC way of getting more parity. If anything, it's going to produce more SEC national champions and. You know, if, if if you don't want to see another all SEC national championship, make them play each other in the in the first round. If you if you really want to, the college pl- football playoff committee doesn't want this to happen. But they could have absolutely said, "All right, well, we're just going to flip Georgia and Alabama. Georgia's going to be two because they've been the best team all year. Alabama's going to be, or they could have made Georgia drop to four since he's undefeated. We think Michigan's playing really good right now. Alabama, Georgia, you're going to play in the semifinal, and then we're not going to get." Uh, a, a repeat of the SEC championship and the national championship. But deep down, the committee knows that more people are going to watch both rounds of the playoff if there is even a slight chance that Georgia could lose to Michigan, even though there was really no chance. I didn't give Michigan a shot in that game. And then Alabama-Cincinnati. And then if it ends up being an all-SEC national championship, well, then those are just the best two teams. And that's why people knock the BCS system. They're like, oh, well, see, it's just showing SEC bias. No, the best two teams that year were LSU and Alabama. The best two teams this year were Georgia and Alabama. The best two teams in 2017 were Georgia and Alabama. You're going to see, and I think that specifically those two teams are going to be the ones that again and again and again are going to be the two that end up in the playoff with each other. There's not another conference that has two teams that are worth being in the playoff. I don't think Ohio State and Michigan both deserve to be in the playoff pretty much any year. They normally go into that game both having one loss. Uh, Pac-12 or Pac-10, Pac-12 now, uh, they they maybe even have one that deserves to get in ever. Uh, I think Lincoln Riley will have USC relevant enough to where, where they'll be in the conversation, but one bad loss for them, and they're pretty much done. And then the Big 12, it's Texas or Oklahoma, and if either of those teams loses two games, then they're done. So... It's an SEC free-for-all. Sure, expand the playoff. Let the SEC get six teams in there. Let the SEC have three out of the Final Four. Let's have more national championships. 
for that are all SEC. But you're not gonna. I I don't want that, and I'm an SEC fan. It's not fun. I don't want to see Alabama play teams that they play every year. I want to see Alabama play against Oregon. I want to see Alabama play against Michigan. I want to see Alabama play Ohio State, Notre Dame, these other teams that you don't normally get to see your team play. Yeah, well, that's enough college football talk for today. We're gonna have a long time this off season to talk about the expanded playoff. I'm sure there'll be all kinds of reports coming out um, trying to get people to talk about it. And of course we will take to those reports and we will talk about it. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and move on to our picks. We got the NFL playoffs this week. We have conference divisional rounds. Uh, tonight we actually have an, the last uh, wild card round. I don't know if I really remember having a Monday night wild card game either before. First time ever. Yeah. I was going to say, I believe it's the first time ever. Um, we got the Cardinals at the Rams. Um, I think it's Cardinals were the five seed, Rams were the four seed. I'm pretty sure they split in the regular season. Um, this is a really huge game. Winner gets to play Tom Brady and the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Matt, who you got? I this is one of the tough tougher games to pick, and not because uh, I I think it'll be a decent game. It'll be a good game. They've played each other twice already, but. Cliff Kingsbury has proven over the back end of the season that maybe he's not a great NFL coach. Uh, Kyler's played well, but he kind of had a rocky road there at the end of the season. I think that early in the season he was kind of a shoe-in for for an MVP until later in the year he had a lot of struggles. Um, Matthew Stafford has never been a playoff great playoff quarterback. He had made terrible decisions last week against uh, San Francisco. So that led San Francisco ultimately end up getting into the playoffs. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Rams because I think they have the better defense and defense travels in the NFL in the playoffs. Uh, Jalen Ramsey still probably the best cornerback in, in the NFL. He's a beast. Uh, Aaron Donald, best defensive lineman. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go Rams. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Boomer Sooner. Matt, I'm with you. I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, both these teams throughout the entire season, in my opinion, kind of overachieved. I mean, I thought the Rams were highly regarded going into this year, but if you look at what they did last year and just adding Matthew Stafford and just keeping that healthy Cooper Cup, I think those were the two biggest things uh, to go on for them this season. Adding Von Miller also was a big addition for them. I'm going to go with the Rams, and I think the only reason the Rams win is because – the Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins. He went out for the season um, a couple weeks ago, what, week 12 maybe, week 11, something like that. Um, and since then, their offense has really started to stagger. Their defense has well overachieved um, for what I thought they would be this year. But the Rams are more talented. They got Ramsey. They have Aaron Donald. They have Von Miller. Um, they have a lot of really good players. So, I'm, I'm thinking Rams. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I think Matthew Stafford's going to have to have one of his classic fourth-quarter comebacks um, as he is the leader in fourth-quarter comebacks in the NFL of all time. So, Matthew Stafford, take it away. Um, I'm going with the Rams. And the next game we have, uh, it's our first game next Saturday, 4.30 game. This one is the Cincinnati Bengals at Tennessee Titans. Titans are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Bengals coming off the win over... The Las Vegas Raiders. Matt, who you got? Maybe it's just my anti-Titans bias, but I feel like the Bengals have just become that team that's gotten hot at the right time. Uh, Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback 
he is a really good quarterback at the NFL level. Joe Mixon has played really well. Jamar Chase has turned out to be an absolute stud at wideout. T. Higgins is over there, so he's got two receivers. He's got a running back. Uh, they do ha- they did have a couple of key injuries in that game against the Raiders, but I still feel like this Cincinnati Bengals team is just kind of taking on that Joe Burrow attitude, and I think the Bengals are going to go in and they're going to upset the Tennessee Titans this week. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think the Bengals are prob- not the better team, but I feel like Joe Burrow is playing really good football. And also, um, the Bengals have two Oklahoma running backs, Joe Mixon and Samaj J.P. Ryan. So, rumor sooner, going with the Bengals. See, I think the Bengals are playing better football right now, too. But the Titans' defense has been really, really good this year. In a year where they lost a lot of guys um, who left in free agency that they just didn't want to pay um, after paying Derek Camry as much money as they did. I think... The Titans are going to win this game. I think the fact that it's in Nashville is going to be huge for the Titans. Um, I think them getting that number one seed is really going to help them on their road to the Super Bowl. I lived in Nashville for two years. I just moved back down to Atlanta. Um, I'm a Falcons fan, but I'm also a little bit of a Titans fan at heart. Uh, Fell in love with the team while I was up there, for sure. Um, Fan base is awesome. Uh, Stadium's great. Um, It's honestly one of the more underrated stadiums in the country to me. Um, even though there's really nothing special about it. It's just a really good place to watch a football game. I think the Titans win. I think it's very, very, very close. Um, but I think the Bengals, this is the Bengals' first step in creating what I think is going to be a very good football franchise going forward. Um, I think for the next couple of years, you'll see the Bengals start to take control of that AFC, was it AFC North? Um, so, And with everything going on with the rest of those teams, Bengals, good for y'all. Y'all have a really good year. Great win. First playoff win in a long time. Uh, but I think Titans go to the AFC Championship. And on to our next game, we have the San Francisco 49ers coming off that really good game against the Cowboys uh, where Dak Prescott pretty much just screwed them out of a um, out of a division or a wild card win. Um, Niners are going up to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. We might have some snowy weather going on up there. Uh, might play in the Packers' favor. Packers are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Matt, who you got? I'm going Packers here. Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP of the NFL this year. One of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play the game of football. He And Devontae Adams, probably the best receiver in football right now. You can make the argument. Uh, he's definitely top three. Um Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to win this game. I think that the 49ers are going to are going to play their best against them and and Kyle Shanahan is kind of a wild card as a as a head coach because his offense always seems to do really good things and especially whenever they get the running backs moving and he Elijah Mitchell has been a stud find uh, for the 49ers, he came out of Louisiana Lafayette, uh, Sunbelt guy. So uh, shout out to, to the Sunbelt for, for producing that guy. But I just don't think that the Packers are going to lose this game. I think that their, their mission is greater than uh, what it was last year when they lost in the NFC Championship game. It's kind of an upset. So I'm, I'm putting the Packers back in the NFC Championship. That bye week last week is huge. So I'm going Packers over the Niners. I got Trent Williams and the 49ers. I'm going Niners, too. Uh, honestly, after watching that Cowboys game, the way that they dominated the Cowboys' offensive line was just absurd. Like, that Cowboys' offensive line is really, really, really good. 
and they did a lot of bad things to them. Dak Prescott looked like he was running for his life the entire game. Uh, honestly, the only reason I think that the Packers might win this game is because Garoppolo is just not good. I mean, he's terrible. He really screwed them on a lot of plays. Um, but I do think he might be good enough to get them at least to the NFC Championship game. Uh, so I think they pull off the upset. I think they do nothing but run the ball. I don't think Green Bay is going to have an answer for it. Um, so I'm going to pick the Niners. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Niners for sure. Uh, and then moving on to our next game. This is, all right, we don't have a winner of the Cardinals-Rams game yet. So just pick whoever you picked in that game against the Bucks. And they're playing in Tampa Bay. Obviously, there's no uh, there's no betting line right now, so we'll just pick it straight up. We've been picking it straight up anyway all day. Um, so, Matt, who do you got? If you ask me Tom Brady versus Matthew Stafford or Kyler Murray, I'm going to never bet against Tom Brady in that situation. Uh, the only advantage that I think I would give the Rams is that they do have the one weapon that – kind of changes things for Tom Brady, and that's Aaron Donald. Uh, Aaron Donald disrupting the middle of that interior offensive line for the Bucks and getting Brady uncomfortable could be a get-difference maker. Uh, but there's just something about Tom Brady in the playoffs. He's got 35 playoff wins, I'd say 36. I think that we end up getting a rematch of last year's NF- NFC Championship Bucks packers round two. I got Tom Brady. Brady's hard to pick against. I did it a lot last year. Um, Honestly, it'd probably be smart to not do it this year, at least when I'm spending money on it. Um, but I got it's Rams Bucks for me. I'm going to take the Rams. Um, I think they do win that game. I think I'm with Matt. I think the pass rush, Aaron Donald, um, having a guy like Von Miller on the outside too, that's had some experience going up against Tom Brady, knows how he likes to move. Uh, Tom Brady really doesn't move much in the pocket. He can move pretty well for a guy that's a statue, but. Um, he's an unbelievable quarterback. He's got a really good team around him. I think it's going to be really tough to get the Bucks out of the playoffs this year, but I think the Rams match up better than anybody else does, uh, besides maybe the Packers if they get by the Niners. So I'm going to take the Rams. So I got Rams-Niners uh, NFC Championship game. Um, and then I got the Titans in my AFC Championship playing the winner of this next game. We have the Bills coming off their big win over New England. Uh, going to Kansas City, taking on the Chiefs, who just bulldozed the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorite. Matt, who you got? Look, man, I am probably one of the biggest Bills Mafia bandwagon jumpers this year. Uh, I wanted whoever won last week's game, Bills-Patriots, to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I want the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year. But... I just don't see anybody being able to stop the Chiefs. And I said this earlier in the year. People were freaking out and hitting the panic button. And I'm like, look, man, the Chiefs are going to be fine. This is the NFL. They're going to be in close games. They're going to lose a couple of them. They played this game earlier this year. The Bills won a close one. It's hard to beat a good team twice, even in the NFL. And it's hard to beat a guy like Patrick Mahomes twice. Josh Allen is a freak. His arm strength is unbelievable. I, I think if you put him and Mahomes are one A and one B in arm strength in the NFL of quarterbacks, uh, mobility. He's able to extend plays like crazy. Dawson Knox caught zero touchdowns at Ole Miss, and he is balled out as a tight end for the Buffalo Bills. But the the Chiefs' defense is playing well. I, I just think the Chiefs are going to have an answer. It's an Arrowhead. It's not in Buffalo, New York. 
what I would give to have an AFC championship game in Buffalo, New York this year, uh, where there could be an actual crowd and everything. But I just think the Chiefs are too good. They're they're the best team still in the NFL, uh, in my opinion, when Tyreek Hill is healthy and when Travis Kelsey's healthy and Patrick Mahomes is healthy. I think the train rolls, and I think we have uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I'm going with Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, and Blake Bell, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Rumor sooner. You look. Did you look up all of the ones that were in there? No, they 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 all significantly play for the for the Chiefs. Yes, you do. you knew everyone off the top of your head. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, if you watched the game last night, they you know. They all contribute. They all contribute. I'm going Bills, and I think there's one reason I'm going Bills. Josh Allen's having a really good year. To me, the Bills feel like a football team that kind of slowed down at some point in the season. They didn't look like a team that was going to win a Super Bowl or at least a team that was going to run away with the AFC. I think the Bills are by far the best team in the AFC this year. Chiefs have been looking good recently. Pat Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think the Bills are going to blow out the Chiefs by any means. I don't think anybody can blow out the Chiefs right now with the way they're scoring on offense. Um, but I think Josh Allen's playing too good. I think the Bills have a way better defense than the Chiefs do. The Chiefs' defense is much improved from two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Um, but I think with a couple hobbled guys on the offense for the Chiefs um, added in with that defense, the Bills come out strong. They win the football game. Um, and I think they go on to play the Titans – in the AFC championship to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm taking the Bills. Josh Allen finally gonna get over the hump, just like my Georgia Bulldogs did with Alabama, and just like my Atlanta Braves did with the LA Dodgers and the World Series. So go Bills, Bills Mafia. This is for you. And uh one more thing before we go. How about Super Bowl picks? I don't think we really did it before. We didn't really get to talk about the playoffs. Uh, going into last weekend. If you like gun to head, you've got to put a hundred dollars down on one team to win. I'm I'm not gonna bet against the Chiefs. Just because they've got the experience, they've got the coach, they've got the players, their defense is playing well. To me, that I would I would have to go Chiefs. I I don't know that Tampa could do it two years in a row to to Mahomes. Gotta go Chiefs out, out of that. I guess I'll go with Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. That's that's the easy way out. See, I picked the Rams at the beginning of the year, and I'm going to keep riding with them. I don't think they really played good football down the stretch, but I think Sean McVay is going to turn it up a notch here in the playoffs. Um, and honestly, that's why I wanted to pick, and I just wanted to say Dude, that. Dude, I, I want Matthew Stafford to just win once. I do, too. Just and, get, and, and you know, Cooper Cup, it. man. Cooper Cup has had an yeah, awesome oh, year. insane. After what he's gone through. I mean, his, he's constantly hurt. He's been hurt every single season, just about, um, except for maybe one. But, man, he really turned it on this year. Um, right now, he looks like one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL. So, I'm going Rams. I'm cheering for him. Uh, I'm also cheering for the Titans because I've lived in Nashville for two years. So, I'm hoping for Titans-Rams, hoping the Rams win. I uh, want one for Matthew Stafford. I'm, I'm hoping for Bills and whoever, and I just want the Bills to win. I, my heart says Bills. My brain says Chiefs. I would not be upset with the Bills winning the Super Bowl this year at all. Honestly, there's not a lot of teams in the playoffs this year that I would be mad to see win it. Probably the Niners, because Kyle Shanahan can jump off a bridge. Um, <laughs> besides that, uh, I hate. I don't really like Aaron Rodgers. I don't hate anybody, but I really don't like Aaron Rodgers. Really don't want him to win. Tom Brady just won one last year, but even if the Bucks win, honestly, I don't mind seeing Brady. To his tally, just Brady, keeps Brady has just become a likable player, and it, it's honestly been really hard for me because um, I try really hard to hate him, and I can't because he's really likable. He's had the greatest career of any quarterback of all time. Um, he's 
unbelievable. If he adds on to his legacy, it's hard to it's hard to hate him for it. So it you know, cheers to whoever wins. But uh, I'm hoping the Rams do, and I'm picking them too. Hey, I'll be I'll be watching I'll be watching to to see who does it because this. This has by far been the most fun NFL season for me to watch in a totally long time. Totally agree. Totally the, agree. The, the, Red Zone the was of, the best investment I could have made this whole year. But Red Zone was awesome. It keeps the games interesting. And there were so many close games. There were so many games that were one possession or less. And then like you have the team like the Lions, who I think they ended up winning three games. But they really could have won like six. They had a, a, a world record field goal kicked against them by the Ravens to lose and then they lost to the Vikings in a similar way and then they lost to the Bears because of clock mismanagement it just it the Lions it it has been a great NFL season I mean it really was any given week somebody could lose the Jacksonville Jaguars beat this same Buffalo Bills team that just beat a Bill Belichick team by 24 points in the playoffs football football it's going to be a fun end of the season. Really excited to see what happens this weekend. Really excited to see what happens in championship weekend. And then the Super Bowl is coming up real soon. And then I will be very sad for a long time. Well, that's our show. Thank you guys for listening as always. We appreciate it. Before you guys log off today, please don't forget to drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And give us a follow on our Instagram at Around the Keg and our Twitter at Around the Keg Pod. We're also on TikTok now. You got to keep up with the kids. So check us out on there as well. Send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all.